preaching uh, through the book of Psalms as the Lord leads me. And, uh, of course, I have sometimes I don't preach on Wednesday. Sometimes uh, we have different preachers in. And then there's times like this that uh, the Lord just directs me in a different way. So it will probably take me ten years to preach through the book of Psalms. But that's all right. Amen. And uh, we're not going on our plan. We're going by God's plan. Amen. But uh, I was praying this afternoon about... Uh, what the Lord would have me to preach, and this uh, message came to my heart, and so uh, I'm going to preach a few minutes tonight, and then Brother David will read our report uh, before we go home tonight. If you're able to stand with us, John chapter 12, don't underestimate what the Lord may want to do in your life and mine in just these few moments of preaching. Amen. John chapter 12 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead, there, there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? Then he said, not this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare that which was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing has she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because that by reason of him many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Father, I pray tonight that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Lord, thank you for the good testimonies of your people and for your presence. I ask you now, Lord, to help us around the word of God these next few moments, and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. 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 You can be seated tonight. I want to draw your attention here uh, for just a few moments to this passage of Scripture. And I want you to think about in this text, there's several different people uh, that we could look at tonight. Now, we're not going to do that, but when I think about this text, I think about all the people that are involved in it. I think about uh, the Lord in verse number 1. The Bible begins with Jesus saying, Then Jesus, six days uh, before the Passover, came to Bethany. Now, this is the farewell Supper at Bethany uh, before Jesus goes to the cross. And uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they're having this supper here in honor of our Lord for what he did in chapter number 11 in raising of Lazarus. Amen. And so there's the Lord in this text. And then uh, there's these ladies. There's Mary and Martha. And you know that uh, many times when we see these two women together, that Martha is pictured as that worker and Mary is pictured as that worshiper. And we need both Mary's and Martha's in the house of God. And then I think about there's the lost ones in here. There is the uh, uh, Jews. And then there's Judas Iscariot. And all these ones in this text here uh, that do not know the Lord. But amongst all these characters tonight, there is one that I want to focus on for just a few moments and it's Lazarus. Because when you think about Lazarus in chapter number 12, the Lazarus in chapter number 12 is not the same Lazarus that we read about in chapter number 11. And what I mean by that is 
it is the same person, uh, but he has a different perspective in life. Amen? When you think about Lazarus, uh, his life seems almost impossible. I mean, he was born like any other man. He lived like any other, other man. And then he died like any other man. But there's an exception in Lazarus' life uh, because Lazarus lived again in this walk of life. Amen? I mean, listen, that's virtually impossible for any of us tonight outside the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, we've all been born and we've all had the opportunity to live and we know that we're all going to die. But I'm going to tell you something, not a one of us is coming back to live a second time in this mortal body again. I mean, that's just impossible, isn't it? And so with that thought in mind, I want to preach a few minutes on this subject on living an impossible life. Amen? Living an impossible life. Because the life that Lazarus lives uh, from chapter 12 throughout the rest of his life uh, is physically in, and in the eyes of you and I it's an impossible life. Amen? Do you know tonight of the world when they looked at Lazarus uh, that's all they could say. They could say that's impossible. Lazarus really can't be alive again because no one can come back from the dead. Do you know when the world looks at us tonight that's exactly what they say about the Christian life. Uh, they make statements like this. Well I'd get saved but I'm afraid I can't live it. Uh, it's just too impossible for me to live that life. Uh, I want to tell you, Brother Ronnie, it is impossible for me and you to live that life. Uh, but thank God someone can live through it. Amen? I'm talking about living uh, an impossible life tonight. I want to say number one in this text here, I see that living an impossible life uh, is that Lazarus lived an imparted life. Amen? Notice what the Bible says in verse number one, that Jesus six days before the Passover came to Bethany where Lazarus was, now watch this, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Amen? I want to say the life that Lazarus is living in verse number one, it's an imparted life. Meaning that it's not Lazarus's life. Amen? Somebody has given Lazarus another chance. Amen? Somebody has given Lazarus a second chance at life. Somebody has given him life that has went beyond the grave. Amen? I want to say it was a supernatural life uh, for no human could give Lazarus uh, the life that he has had uh, it's a life that Jesus Christ has given him you know if you're saved tonight and I, I'm, I know that I'm saved uh, we that know Jesus Christ tonight do you know that's what we're doing uh, we're living an imparted life amen uh, Paul said that in Galatians 2 in verse number 20 he said listen he said for I am crucified with Christ uh, nevertheless I live yet not I but the life that I now live in the flesh uh, he said I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can I tell you tonight the life that I've been living for the last 30 years, it's not my life. Amen. But somebody gave me life 30 years ago my friend on a hot July summer morning in a little storefront building. Amen. In the back of that building in a nursery on a kitchen chair I met the Lord. Amen. And thank God the giver of life began to live inside of me. I want to say living an impossible life means number one, you got to be saved. You're living an imparted life. Hallelujah. You see, if you're not saved tonight, going to church is a burden. Somebody say amen. 
I don't care if you was raised in church. Uh, uh, going to church is just mechanical. It's just a ritual. It's an endurance. Amen. But if you're saved tonight, there's something on the inside of you that when Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night rolls around, uh, uh, something starts up. Uh, it doesn't matter how bad a day you've had. It doesn't matter what kind of week you've had. Uh, I'm telling you, when I come through the doors of this church uh, and people start magnifying God uh, and the choir starts singing uh, or whether the preacher is preaching, there's something on the inside uh, uh, that my friend starts stirring. Uh, it's that life that Jesus has given uh, those of us that are saved. Living an impossible life tonight means that you're living an imparted life. And then secondly, notice in verse number two that living an impossible life tonight, it means that you're living an identified life. Amen. You see, if you're saved tonight, I got news for you. The world is going to notice you're a Christian. Amen. If you live for God, the world's going to take note of that. You'll not be able to hide it. You'll not be able to disguise it if you've truly been saved. And you see the Bible says in verse number 2, There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But watch this. Lazarus was one of them. Amen. You know what Lazarus was in verse number 2? He wasn't afraid to identify himself with those that wanted to be identified with Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to tell you, before I got saved, I wouldn't have wanted nothing to do with this Christ. Crowd, and I'm sure you wouldn't want nothing to do with this crowd. But now that I'm saved, Brother Payne, I love to be around the people of God. I love to go to church. I love to hang around saved folks. You know why? Because we speak the same language. Amen. We got the same mindset. I'm glad I'm one of them today. Aren't you? I'm glad. Thank God I'm hooked up with this crowd. I don't want to run with a dope smoking crowd. I don't want to run with a beer drinking crowd. I don't want to run with a partying crowd tonight. And I don't want to run with that dead religious crowd. Amen. But I'll tell you, I want to run with a blood-washed crowd. I want to be with a blood-bought crowd. I want to be with those tonight that's been delivered and are saved by the grace of God. Amen. You'll be identified with them. But notice in verse number 2, he wasn't just identified with them. He was identified with him. Amen. He said that he was one of them that sat at the table with him. Hallelujah. You know why all these people sitting around the table? Because Jesus is sitting at that table. What brought them together was Jesus Christ. You know why we're all sitting in this church tonight? Because we're sitting around the Lord's table. Amen. I'm telling you, had it not been for Calvary, none of us would have known each other. Had it not been for Jesus, had we had met each other, we wouldn't have cared to ever seen each other again. But the common denominator in all of our life tonight is the Lord Jesus Christ. He has brought us together. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, there's something about being saved. You want to be identified not just with the church, but you'll want to be identified with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to be a Christian tonight, aren't you? A lot of things I've been ashamed of, but I'm not ashamed to be saved tonight. I'm saying living an impossible life means you're living an identified life. And then living, my friend, the impossible life, notice this, in verse number 9, it means that you're living an interesting life. The Bible says in verse number 9, much of the Jews therefore knew that he was there, and they came, now watch this, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also whom he raised from the dead. Isn't that interesting tonight that this crowd didn't just come to see Jesus, but they come to see Lazarus. 
You see, before chapter 12, Brother Laddie Lazarus was just living the old life. It was just an ordinary life, and he was just another Lazarus in town. I mean, this crowd, the Jews, they didn't care if they saw Lazarus, but now all of a sudden they're interested in Lazarus's life. You know why? Because of what Jesus did for him. He's made a change in his life. And now the old Lazarus that the world never took note of, now the world is interested in seeing the change that has been made in his life. I like that old song that said he made a change in me. Amen. I'm glad I'm not what I used to be. I'm glad I don't live the way I used to live. I'm glad I don't go the places I used to go. I'm glad I don't sing the same songs I used to sing. Thank God the world is different. Eternity is different. I'm glad that Jesus passed by my way one day. Hallelujah. Don't it feel good to be saved on a Wednesday night? You look at where you're at tonight. Do you know that we're, where we're at tonight in life? All by the grace of God. You look at where you're standing right now and you look at where you used to be. Look at where you could be at tonight and look where grace has brought you from. Look how grace has changed your life. I'm telling you, thank God. Oh, what a difference when Jesus passes by. It's an interesting life. Then I want to say tonight, living an impossible life means you're living an irritating life. I wish I could tell you everybody in this text was happy. But they're not. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 10. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. Isn't that amazing that there are people that wanted to kill Lazarus because they hated Jesus. And tonight if you live for God, you will irritate this world. When salt gets into a wound, that's what it does. It irritates, doesn't it? Whenever salt begins to rub in that wound, it may heal it, but it's going to irritate it. And we're the salt of the earth. And when the world looks at us, we're not to be popular. But my friend, we are to stand out. We're not to blend in. We're not to be... Uh, listen, the world is not to sing praises to us. Uh, but we're simply just to be a light in the dark world. And what light and darkness does is it contrasts against, contrasts against each other. And can I tell you, there's not enough darkness to put out the light. Amen? I'm telling you, friend, thank God the light is stronger than the darkness. Uh, if you don't believe that tonight, you can wait till the sun sets uh, and we can listen turn out every light in this building and it could be pitch black to the point you couldn't even see your hand in front of your face uh, but you know what you could do tonight you could take a little old match uh, and you could light it and just one little old flame uh, can light this building up you know why that is uh, because the darkness has to flee uh, in the presence of the light amen I'm telling you every time God saves a sinner and brings them out of darkness and brings them into the light of his word uh, you know what that sinner is uh, my friend, there are cities set on a hill that everybody that knows them can see the difference that has been made. But living an impossible life means you're living an irritating life. But then I want to say living the impossible life tonight means that you're living an influential life. Notice what the Bible says in verse 11. Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away. And watch this. They believed on Jesus. Do you know that because of Lazarus, because of the life that Lazarus was living, many of the Jews believed on him. And the life that you and I should live should be that impossible life. So that when people see us, you see, they didn't really see Lazarus, but they saw Jesus. In this text, everywhere you go in this text, do you know you cannot stand in the presence of Lazarus without standing in the presence of Jesus? 
And you cannot stand in the presence of Jesus without standing in the presence of Lazarus. And if there's anything that people ought to see in us, they ought to see Christ in us. My friend, our life ought to reflect the Lord Jesus Christ. People don't need to know me, but they need to know the Jesus that lives within me. They need to know the God that I serve. They don't need to remember my name, but they need to know His name. And my friend, they don't need to see my flesh, but they need to see the God that lives on the inside. Living that impossible life means that you're living an influential life. It means that you're making a difference. You're making a mark for the cause of Christ. And then living an impossible life tonight means that you're living an invisible life. And I don't mean tonight that you're a silent witness. But what I mean by that is that in this text, Lazarus is not saying anything. But it's the way that he's living that's getting people's attention. I think we ought to be vocal about the Lord. Somebody say amen. Amen. But before we're so quick to be vocal, we ought to check up. And we ought to make sure that our life is being lived in a way that when we say what we say, we can back it up by the way that we live our life. You see, tonight... The world is so tired of hearing people talk and name the name of Christ. Talk is cheap, isn't it? And the Bible says, let us not love in word and tongue, but let us love in deed and in truth. The way that we live our life, it tells people what kind of a Christian we are. It shows and reveals our dedication. You know what? I don't want to be an ordinary Christian. Amen. I don't want to blend in. I don't want to, I'm not trying to put my flesh out there. Y'all don't misunderstand me. But I don't want to blend in. I don't want to just live the I don't want to just skim by in this Christian life and just say, well, I went to church and I paid tithes and I did all the things that, I, that was expected of me to do and, and, and I just lived my life. I, I, don't, I don't want to do that. I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to live an impossible life. And I know tonight that I can't do that. But He can do it through me tonight. You see tonight, the victory in living for God is when you quit trying to live it yourself and you get on an altar and you just die and say, Lord, I can't do this. I can't be a good Christian. I'll never be a good Christian. I I can't be an effective witness, but I'll just die on this altar and I'll reckon myself dead and I'll let you live that life through me. And I'm going to tell you, God can do more through us than we can ever do ourselves. And as they come tonight and get us a song ready... I wonder as we stand, what kind of life are you living tonight? How are you living your life? You say, oh, preacher, I'm living for the Lord, but don't you want God to take your life and use it in an impossible manner? If you'll surrender and ask Him to, He'll do that tonight. Maybe some young person, you got your whole life ahead of you. But don't make plans for your future. Let God make your plans. Take your plans, your dreams, and your ambitions and just put them on an altar somewhere and say, God, my goal my in life is to do what you would have me to do. And I'll tell you, you don't have to be a teenager to do that tonight. If you hadn't done that, tonight ought to be the night. And as we sing, as Brother Brian leads us in this song, you be obedient to God. If you need to come, you do what the Lord would have you do tonight.